Hi everyone, welcome to the Spartans in Pajamas podcast, episode 143. My name is Loz, I am your host, and as always, uh, we have Dolph. Hello. And we also have Star. Hello. We're a little bit short of uh, Spartans this week, just because, you know, timing and stuff. Uh, it happens sometimes. Um, we might have people turn up later, but as of now, it's just us three. It's more to do so with, you know, it's now this festive season, yeah. people are doing shit, mm-hmm. etc. People are busy, people working, people buying gifts or giving... People wrapping. Well, yeah, people are up and money and the people that don't like in cards, but yeah. Yeah. Fine, if you don't, if you don't like fine, put money in their card. Buy your own fucking gift. Is that what you can do with me? No, because I never give you money in their card, do I? Uh, this podcast brought to you by domestic uh, <laughs> fighting. <laughs> uh. I love that voice, Dolph. That was no Lars. Hi, Dolph. Hi, Lars. <laughs> oh, nice. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Spartan Pajamas podcast. I am your host, Loz, and my <laughs> good friend, Dolph. Say hello. Hey, all. <laughs> but yeah I, I like to do the the kind of um oh it's like it's like a a warning voice you know when you watch like tv shows and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. be careful side effects may include small inverted penis or something like that you know <laughs> so uh uh it, it's it's funny but you know, I like to do it every now and again. It's like we have, uh, we have what you call it, uh, when we do the jazz band, um, the what you call, um, like they they play one song and it sounds like it's the prize board music from like the Generation Game or something. It's like do 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 and it's like and I'm like, and on this week's prize board you can win. A set of cutlery knives, and I'm, I'm just like doing that while I'm serving on the bar. And a cuddly toy. Uh, <laughs> I'm such a, a twat, set of golf it's clubs. It's it's how it stops me from going mad. Have to eight nine years of <clears throat> the same set from the same jazz band every month. So what well, nine twelves? Uh. Twelve nines, even, hundred and like eight. Yeah, so one hundred and eight times I've heard practically the same fucking set list every month. So of course I'm going to start. And the fact you still got here and insane sells tells wonders for your mental aptitude. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I thought I might be crazy already, and it's just just. But doesn't affect me. I'm fucking crazy anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, I don't deny it. It's first. First um, phase of um, acceptance is acceptance. What? First, first phase of um, <laughs> denial is acceptance. And I'm getting fucking muddled already. Denial is in Egypt, babe. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just the 80s. <laughs> that's what you all say to me. When was the last time I said that? <laughs> and let's carry on. As you were. Oh, by the way, once a year, Wanker Bingo has started. Yeah. Uh, I am on the board with one, and I think the 
leader at the moment has three. I got Guinness last. And I did have John Smith, but no one fucking heard it. <sighs> they probably did only get get into where you get too far ahead. Mm, it's That's interesting. It is annoying though, because it's like uh, as much as I I really want it to be um, to uh, to, like, to win it again, I kind of don't because <laughs> it means I deal with the most knobheads over the Christmas period. I mean, we got something at my place as well. It's like um, we everyone's got their own quote unquote bingo card, which is everyone's is different, yeah. but they've still got the similar thing. But someone else <laughs> has different amounts of say. Yeah, pints of Guinness or Jaeger bombs, things like that. Some might have two on their card, some might have three, but yeah. those who don't may have more may have say like one vodka and tonic or one gin and tonic on it. Where others might have two or three of them. So it's kinda of, it's balanced, really. I do love, like more gins more than ever. I do love how we're not alone here at the, the, the pub I work at that other pubs do wanna like fuck around over Christmas just to make it less stressful for themselves. And that that's funny, the fact that we're like Oh yeah, we we do once a year wanker bingo, and it's like you've got just generalized bingo for drinks over Christmas. And I'm like, cool. It's not necessarily drinks. It's also like um, it's like a Brings. incentive, so like upsell a bowl of chips or a side portion of onion rings. Oh. Like an incentive thing, but more often that's just to do with the dickers and the other side of the bar. Yep. But um, yeah, so my my double my two time championship belt could be going this Christmas to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> three times club champion still on the cards though it could be yeah i mean i could make a rallying comeback i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna like get big-headed over it because there's a lot it's like i work three shifts a week and they're the friday the saturday and the sunday yeah the week the, the busiest part where no one wants to work so per capita i am going to hit on average the, the knobbiest of knobs i'm working christmas eve i'm working christmas oh no christmas day doesn't count I'm working Christmas Eve uh, when that ends, uh, uh, when we hit Christmas Day. So, potential to catch up between now and the stop at 12 o'clock <clears throat> Christmas morning. Um, I could. I could. I'm, I'm not going to say I am, but I could. I mean, across the Christmas period, the, you know, the 24th onwards, the only day I've got off because I do two jobs over the Christmas um, important day, so shall we say so. Because it's Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's, and New Year's Day. I've only got New Year's Day off this year. Uh, I don't have New Year's Day off. Oh no, I do have New Year's Day off because it's not. Although technically, I, I technically I do have New Year's Eve off technically because I'm not doing the evening; I'm doing the morning. Oh. So I can see the I can see the New Year in with the other half. Uh, Yay! I actually need to look at my shifts actually because I think I'm on my normal shift, which is if it is, it's like I finish at seven. <laughs> I'm, Probably not. I'm probably going to stay on and just stop and do the full day. And it just means I can get pissed with everyone at the at twelve o'clock. Thirty uh, first. I um, cause it's a Sunday. I'm usually there two seven. Yeah. Oh, somebody yoinked my two seven, so I'm working six twelve. Bastard. No, that's fine. I, I it keeps me busy basically. Uh, and then Christmas Eve, I am working 2 p.m. There's no end date, so I could be there all night as well. Probably will be all night. Uh, excuse me, sorry. 
But either way, it'll be fun. Should we roll into the topics? Yeah, go on then. So this was Bob, unfortunately. She uh, isn't with us currently, but they may be joining us soon. So this is from (laughs) themirror.co.uk. Bob is not sponsored by themirror.co.uk, by the way. So, quiz show questions so hard, they've already stumped the chasers. See if you can crack them. So, those who aren't aware, the chaser, the chase is essentially like a quiz show game where they put... It basically, it's kind of like eggheads, but there's money riding on it, essentially. Yeah. But if you get so... If, yeah, but if you get so many questions wrong, they catch up with you. You're out of the game kind of thing. Hmm. So, uh, there are 15 questions from categories, including sport, pop culture, TV, language, general knowledge, and more, that the quiz masters on the ITV's The Chase couldn't get right. Can you beat The Chaser? There's nothing more satisfying than nailing a quiz, but some questions are so hard that even professional quizzes from ITV's The Chase are left completely stumped. For over 14 years, the iconic TV show has seen thousands of questions being asked by giggling Bradley Walsh to see if they can beat one of The Chasers. Anne Haggerty, Paul Shinra. Sean Wallace, Jenny Ryan, or Darag Darag Ennis. Uh, yeah, the the whole Fanny Smeller. Uh... Oh yeah, Dick Tingler. Dick Tingler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. The popular shows leave watchers shouting their questions, answers at the TV, insisting they know the answers. But it's not so easy when you're playing for real. Contestants who make it through to the final chase always pray the chasers will mess up or get a question wrong. If the player manages to get it right, the chaser gets pushed back one step. Despite the rare occasion that one of the quiz masters gets a question wrong, there are sections of questions which left them puzzled. Can you answer them? We have round up a selection of questions that were so tricky they stumped the chasers in the final chase. There are 15 questions from categories. We've already back and said that. In fact. Including sport, pop culture, TV, language, general knowledge, and more. Yeah. So, question one Mrs. Wilberforce is the old lady in what Ealing comedy film? Uh, I don't know that one, but I think I do. So, yeah, question I, two. I'm not looking yeah. down, by the way, so... Right. I'll, I'll have a look down and see if you, um... So I'm playing this legit. Okay, what do you think it is? Um, like, oh, Mr. Poor or something like that. It's like an old Will Hayes <laughs> something, I imagine. That's the bear with me, buddy. Fucking, no, I just crashed on me. Sort your fucking website out. <clears throat> My website. Uh, so, no, it wasn't. Uh, second question. If the phone stops be hey, it's not. Someone behave. was the first zombie to be killed in which TV series? I think that's The Walking Dead. Uh, you would be right. <clears throat> Do you know what? I was going to go to my fucking phone because it's pissing me off now. Uh, where's the link? Uh, so I'm using yeah. a lot. My other phones are always bloody struggling to stay stay on. Uh, question three: A waste bin features on the logo of which UK charity? Oh shit! Is it like cats protection or something like that? Maybe no. Damn it! Nope. Uh, uh, keep Britain tidy. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. David Ellis Baxter beat which Spice Girl to number one in 2007? Uh, Emma Bunton. I mean, I'm wrong on that one, I know, but Emma Bunton's the only one I can think of that had 
Uh, probably a song out that late? Uh, it was apparently Victoria Beckham. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> In the 1985 US film, which group of friends never say die? Goonies never say die. Goonies. Mm-hmm. Which American won seven Olympic swimming golds in 1972? Not a fucking clue. Mark Spitz. Or was it Mark Swallows? I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Defy is a men's fragrance by what US fashion house? Uh, Dior? No, it's not that. Probably? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Calvin Klein. God damn it. That was like the other one. Hmm. Here in Ireland is the setting and books by which children's author? Does that go? Here in Ireland is a setting and books by which child author? No. Children's author. Um, Enid Blyton? It is Enid Blyton. Fucking, that was a. It was either a Roald Dahl, and I don't think Roald Dahl had that, so. Kay Prosper is the British star of what combat sport? Uh, UFC? Uh, no. It's, uh, it's boxing. Oh. Uh, I have no idea it's... who played Amy Silver in the TV drama series Vigil, so... Saran Jones. I wouldn't have got that either. Yeah. How many times did Yuri Gagarin orbit the Earth in the Vostok 1? Um... See, that's a very good one because it was, is it in geosynchronous orbit or not? I say once. It was once, yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh, I'm such a shitlord because I, I, I figured that one I, 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 read the, I read this one and I got this straight away and my geography is absolutely shit. Uh, the town of Hemel Hempstead is on what canal? Uh, shit, I don't know that one. Watford? Nope, it's on the Grand Union Canal. Oh, I, no, I don't even know the Grand Union. I know it's the Grand Union Canal because I've been down it a number of, many years ago on a little canal boat on a school trip. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a talk in fact. Probably pushing 25 years ago. Huh. Oh, wow. Easily. In accounting, PBT stands for profit before what? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming tax. Yep. The one that makes the most sense. Iskarabatua is the standard form of what Iberian language? Is it um, Israeli or something like that? No, it's uh, Basque. Oh, okay. Actress Joyce Frankenberg is better known by what name? No idea. Uh, Jane Seymour, apparently. Oh, God. So I got one... Two, you got a couple. Three, four, five. Five out of fifteen, I got right. That's, that's pretty good. <clears throat> you should be a chaser. <laughs> Fuck no, my memory's shocking. In <laughs> the best of times. Plus, there was no like um, pressure on that. No. Okay, so next one. Um, you can take this if you like. Yeah. This is what uh, Kay Dog put on. This is from uh, LancashireEveningPost.com or LEP.com. 
Alright, I- Oh, you can fuck off with your ad-blocking bullshit! I don't give a fuck! Uh, IKEA launches a limited edition, uh, limited edition meatball for Christmas, and it's the size of an actual turkey. Uh, the extra-large signature IKEA meatball comes boxed and ready to cook. It will serve, uh, will be served with IKEA's uh, classic meatball accompaniments of lingonberry jam and creamy sauce. Excuse me. By the way, um, the weight of this thing is four and a half kilograms, roughly the same size as a cat. They've compared it to. Just, uh, I'm, I'm a bit confused as to why they compared a meatball to the side of a cat. Yeah, I don't know. Why not say, like, four bags of sugar or something? Oh, wow, breaking news. <laughs> Pedophile teacher jailed for more than six years. Sorry, there's this Lancashire Post thing. It's got, like, a ticker tape at the top that's doing all these. Oh, yeah, I've just... I mean, it's, yeah. It's, uh, when paired with all the traditional Christmas trimmings, IKEA says it's designed to be the centrepiece of any fe festive family meal. Available uh, exclusively through IKEA in limited quantities, IKEA is offering lucky customers a chance to get hold of the Christmas showstopper through its social channels and an in-store competition. For those who follow a plant-based diet, IKEA is also offering a veggie ball Christmas tree. Uh, this has been created using lots of veggie balls from IKEA's range, and the kit completes with a cone-shaped base to create a do-it-yourself plant-based showstopper. Why? <laughs> Karen Hughes, uh, food manager IKEA USA, uh, UK said, uh, the turkey-sized meatball is the ultimate Christmas showstopper for fans of IKEA meatballs. Launched in time for Christmas, we can't wait for some of our customers to make it the centerpiece of their Christmas dinner. Uh, an IKEA spokesperson said the giant Meatball is essentially a sized-up version of the traditional IKEA meatball. By the way, every time I said IKEA meatball, feel free to get yourself pissed drunk. Yep. Uh, the ingredients okay. list can be uh, found by clicking here. I'm not going to click there. I can't be fucked. Um, IKEA meatballs have a dedicated Great. fan base. Uh, the phrase has over three uh, thirty-five thousand hashtags on Instagram, and people are eagerly anticipating. The giant meatball versions launch. Responding to IKEA's now viral Instagram post, one fan excitedly say, I'd buy it. Where another one uh, couldn't believe their eyes said, Please say this is real. One unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, <laughs> one organized meatball fan was already planning to supercharge this year's festive dinner, as they wrote, Christmas dinner sorted right there. Keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, IKEA will be re revealing ways for customers to get their hands on the turkey-sized meatball via Instagram page from the uh, Wednesday, the 6th of December, so last week. Um, meatball lovers can also head to their local store from Monday, the 11th of December to find a turkey-sized meatball hidden there. IKEA stores are located in the following places, blah, 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 blah and that's it. Looking at this picture, though, of this this meatball... One, you're gonna have to take shelves out of your fucking oven to cook it. Uh, two, it looks hideous. And three, who's gonna eat four and a half kilograms worth of meatball with Christmas trimmings? Exactly. I'm gonna be straight up here and I'm not being honest with you. 
I didn't realize IKEA sold food. I just thought it's fucking furniture. Oh my no, god! No, IKEA meatballs are kind of legendary. I, I've never been to IKEA, and even I knew that they did meatballs. I just thought I just thought it just um, cheap, convenient Swedish furniture. I didn't realize they did food as well and meatballs. Apparently so. Apparently so. <laughs> so I've always known them for their furniture, not for their um, meaty ball goodness. Apparently. Mm. Uh, so I need to go to unilad.com for the next one. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, stupid things. So we are in the part of the podcast where we uh, talk about those lovely people that have passed away in um, celebrity positions, or you know, just inspiring positions. And today is we have two. Uh, the first one being Brooklyn Nine Nine star Andre Brower uh, died at the age of sixty one. He played um, the police chief, uh, Captain Ray Holt. That was it in, in, in the show. He was actually kind of funny because he really smiled for the first few seasons, and he was so deadpan it was fucking funny. Um, so apparently, the actor's publicist, Jennifer Allen, uh, said to Variety Deadline that the sixty-year-old, sixty-one-year-old died after a brief illness. Uh, fans are devastated by the news. Uh, heartbroken fans have written stuff like, I'm so heartbroken. Andrew Brower, you will always be lo- so loved. Thank you for bringing Captain Holt to our screens. Uh, others said he was incredible on homicide. He was an absolute treasure as Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, a third, rest in peace. Um, an absolute force of an actor of a treasure on and off screen. Thank you for the warmth and join the last rest easy. So, yeah, that one I I saw today as well. So as we were recording, that like turned up today. Mm. Um. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, that's one of uh, the great people. But um, then we have to talk about the next one, and I don't know where the fuck that one is on the list. But it's uh, Shane McGowan. Uh, of the Pogues, he did uh, the song "Fairy Tale of New York," which everyone sings at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look up uh, Shane McGowan. See if we know uh, how he passed away. It was probably something to do with because um... he he was very notorious for like alcoholism and stuff. Uh, he was he had to be diagnosed with encephalitis. Hmm. Uh, I don't uh, know, pneumonia. Okay. Uh, BBC says it was after his hospital after being diagnosed with encephalitis. Hmm. Uh, well, dot com are saying it's uh, pneumonia. Uh, Rolling okay. Stones are saying pneumonia as well. Uh yeah, quite a lot of people are saying pneumonia on different places. So yeah, um the Pogues did like a lot of uh cool songs and that, but the the one that, that, that elevated them to like God's tier level was uh Fairy Tale of New York, where he sang in his gravelly, <clears throat> almost incoherent voice. Um that and it's like a staple in the Christmas playlist. If you go to any shop, you'll hear Fairy Tale of New York at some point. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I got whammed on December the 1st because my boss played the fucker on purpose. 
So I had to point that one out while I thought about it. Uh, yeah, so while another person has, has passed on, once again, they have this legacy that's going to go for years after their uh, passing. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's that well known. It's. I think it's going to be like. It's going to be eternity. Really. <clears throat> it's like how Mariah Carey's uh, fucking All I Want for Christmas is haunting people before it's even coming out and there's a meme about it. Um, it's um, very. <clears throat> it's very one of those things that will be, be recognizable and everyone's going to be asking for it. Especially like in pubs and games <clears throat> over Christmas, they'll get asked for. So, um, so are we going to uh, push it into the gaming stuff? Uh, yeah, we're getting there slowly. Right, uh, this is from IGN.com. Uh, Valve have pleaded with Steam Deck owners to stop inhaling the exhaust fumes. We understand it may be a meme, <laughs> but please refrain. Well, I really want you to stop huffing your Steam Deck exhaust fumes. No, really. Maybe stop doing that if you are. In a December 12th Reddit post, one Steam Deck user shared that they got the official verdict from the Steam support on whether or not it is safe to inhale the exhaust fumes from the device. The user also clarified in their help request that the practice had become a running joke among other Steam Deck owners. Three days later, Steam support finally put the debate to rest. As with all electronics, it is generally not recommended you inhale the exhaust fumes on your device, the response said. While there are no safety concerns with general usage, directly inhaling devices' vent fumes could, should be avoided. We understand that it may be a meme, but please refrain from this behavior for the safety of your health. This reminds me so much of the Xbox one when the you know the guy. Well, they blew the blue vapor. Yeah, blue vapor. Like, yeah. Uh, I, it's like we didn't realize we'd have to tell you this, but please don't blow vape smoke into your uh, Xbox Series console. Yeah. As far as the scientific basis for the decision goes, we can't find any reports confirming that inhaling the hot air produced by the portable electronic device can lead to long-term negative effects. But that doesn't mean huffing your Steam Deck is guaranteed risk-free either. Since the Steam Deck's release in February 2022, owners haven't shied away from the fact that the vent fumes on the portable gaming device have an oddly satisfying scent. A Reddit thread in... Steam Deck from two years ago reads, does anyone else with a Steam Deck like to smell the hot air that blows out the top of it? <laughs> Fellow Steam Deck patrons eagerly agreed, comparing the smell to walking into an old school blockbuster and ripe plastic. Huh? What the fuck does ripe plastic smell like? <laughs> well, apparently the, ste- the, fumes of, the fumes of a Steam Deck, apparently. Oh, fucking stupid. What started as a guilty pleasure for some, Steam Deck owners quickly evolved into a viral meme. In the months following the device's launch, more and more gamers began fessing up to taking sneaky sniffs. I just huffed the new electronics fumes directly from the Steam Deck's vent, one user wrote on Twitter in 2022. That's good shit. By the way, that user is Lawrence Sontag, who used to be an inside gaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's quite well known through the uh, gaming community if you've uh, watched any Rooster Teeth stuff in the day or Funhouse. Hmm. It's gone. It's fucking gone, mate. Like tears and rain, I read it posted, mourning the loss of the fresh hardware smell. 30 months after opening it, one day, good smell. Number one in Japan. Steady hand, then boom. I love the user hypothesized that nostalgia is the root of why they like the scent so much. Explaining that the distinct odor reminds them of playing games in their childhood attic. The rationale doesn't seem to far too off base, given how profoundly our scent of smell links to the 
amygdala region of the brain that processes emotions. Thank you. Why do I struggle with that fucking word? Because <laughs> he looks like Amy Gadala. And then I'm like, Amygdala. There we go. It's like, what's it? It's been like, um, don't stop it now. Amygdala. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> and again, logic went out the window last year when news broke that Nintendo Switch users were licking the cartridges, surprised by their bitter flavour. Nintendo representative later affirmed the discovery with IGN, explaining that the cartridges are coated in a non-toxic, bittering agent called denatonium benzoate to desensitize consumption. Yeah. So if um, um, you want to test that out, Star, was... by the way, go lick your cartridge out of your uh, Switch right now. <clears throat> it's, it's basically to stop children from putting it in the mouth and swallowing them. I mean, it's probably the, kind of the same kind of um, taste along the lines of these old... Um... No more nails. Uh, not as much as the envelopes where you have to lick to stick them down. Yeah, no, like like that, that, that envelope glue. No, it's not like that because that, that tastes nice. No, it's like you know when you have the when you used to bite your nails as a kid and you put that shit on your on your fingernails. Yeah, like, yeah. I got um, I didn't get desensitized to that. I ended up still biting my nails with it on. Mm. That shit did not stop me. You just kind of you built up an immunity. It's like yeah, I don't give a shit. Someone thinks I'm gonna fucking fight the bastards. But um, I even I've licked my cartridge uh for, for Switch just crazy. Because... <laughs> Just, yeah, because, just because. Like, Shall I try it? Yeah, do it. What? Licking Oz's cartridge. <laughs> now you got to buy me dinner first, Star, and also got to get approved from Dolph before you go anywhere near my cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go get an Long... Switch cartridge and give it a lick. Long story short, your consoles and accessories are meant for gaming, not for huffing, <laughs> licking, or gnawing. <laughs> I know, but how many times have you been pissed off and you've just got the controller for your Xbox and bit it? Out of stress. I've done it before. Looks like get my teeth around the top of it. And they're like, ah. Okay, so uh for the um, older gamers out there, um, Doom turns 30. Yeah, uh, there was a big thing about it. There was a lot of stuff um, related to it. It was like earlier this week as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, <coughs> was, was that the result of the lick? No, just throat's dry. Uh, not looking enough, I think. Well, um, yeah. So, I don't have the post I, uh, up to hand, but like there was a lot of like slapping on the back of uh, ID software for for Doom. You uh, kind of defined the um, first-person shooter genre, doesn't it? Of yeah. that kind. Well, I mean, if if they didn't, if Wolfenstein and Doom didn't exist, we wouldn't have first-person shooters. Mm. But there's like. Uh, 4090 with a custom Doom backplate um, that's been given away. There's uh, add-ons for for Doom. Um, like Sigil and stuff like that. Getting added in. You can get like Doom chairs and stuff. Uh, there's all sorts of like random things that they've been giving away. Celebrate it. Mm. Uh, and it's cool. I mean, it 
like I said, it really makes you think that like um I was eight years old when Doom came out. I would have been I would have been five then. Hmm. It was one of the first games to run natively on Windows without having to uh fuck around with it, so that's cool. Look how, look how far it's come in 30 years, in three decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably unpopular opinion, but I played, what, uh, Doom 2016, you know, the one where it was all much more uh, Twitch shooting, shall we say, where it's um, always on the go and getting all those orbs and stuff to replenish health or shields. Or... Like momentum-based, yeah. Yeah. Um, I grew up with the Dooms, like uh, Doom Three, when it was more like um, horror, scary high vice uh, horror shooter. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I'm not bashing the games for them being crap. It's just, I don't know. It's just sometimes the older generations have that certain. Uh, well, the original. Je ne sais quoi. I don't know what. I don't know. What, the original Doom 1 and 2 was fast-paced, shoot, 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 get through it. Then Doom 3 came out and they took a step, like, they down-geared it and slowed it down, and people didn't like that. People liked the the more run-and-gun element to it. Where I mean, I like I liked Doom 3 to because I prefer yeah. the slower, methodical approach. Well, that's the thing. People didn't like that because, um, yeah, it was trying to tell a story, but it, it was a lot slower. And I, I didn't personally like Doom 3 that much. Um, I never completed it either. I, I've tried. <clears throat> but um, it's not a bad game, by all means. It was very atmospheric and it's very interesting to see how that happened. Then you get to Doom 2016 and it kind of puts some of the scary stuff in from Doom 3, but it also throws in a massive amount of speed action and just violence. Yeah, but with, with Doom 3, one thing I do remember quite fondly is uh, darkness was literal darkness. If you didn't have your torch yeah. out, you could not see shit. Well, you could whack your brightness all the way up. You ain't seeing shit. Yeah. Doom on the Switch, Doom 3 on the Switch has the flashlight mod, so you have the flashlight attached to your weapon now, which I fucking love. Only certain weapons, though, not all of them. Like, I think it's your pistol, shotgun, we'll have it on, and maybe the machine gun. Mm. But, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely on the pistol, it's definitely on the handgun and the shotgun in the original. Definitely. It wasn't. You had to pull, Was it not? Nope, you had to pull out a torch every time. I had the original on PC. They made a duct tape mod, which was like, in the depths of space, you find duct tape and stick the fucking torch to the side of the gun. Hmm. I'm trying to think which game I'm getting confused with, then. Uh, the BFG edition of Doom on the 360 and that did have the... That's uh, that's probably where I'm probably remembering it then. So I had the BFG edition. Yeah, that had that had the mod like baked in. So okay, so that's where I'm, that's where I'm getting confused. I didn't realize that was a mod. I thought that actually was how the game was actually. No, nope. if you if you got the original game on Steam, uh, you would have to pull out the fucking flashlight every bastard time you needed to see where you were going. Because there were times hmm. where something would appear in front of you and you. Or behind you, you turn around to see it with a flashlight because you're in pitch darkness. This imp comes out and you instinctively just punch it with the fucking thing and run backwards because you're like, holy fuck! And he's just like running backwards and trying to f- quickly cycle through your guns trying to pull out something to kill it with in the dark. 
it was it was like I said, it was very atmospheric, but fuck me, was it hard just because you Yeah. You just get, wait for those fireballs up here ducking it so you can just blast him while he's throwing. Yeah, it's like you get some like fucking big boy turn up and you're like, shit, I have a flashlight. Uh, oh shit. <laughs> flashlight, I'm over here. Hello. Yeah. It's uh -huh. like I can illuminate you, but I can't fucking kill you. Like a, a Baron of Hell or something would pop up and you're just like I guess I'll die. <laughs> well, at least I can see you. Because at least I can see my death coming. Yeah. Uh, so, next one. This is definitely you. Yeah, so... Uh, my chair. So, this is, from the, this is from the verge.com. Yeah. So... Epic win. Jury decides Google has illegal monopoly in App Store fight. The jury decided Google's sweetheart deals were just too much. So, uh, three years after the Fortnite maker Epic Games sued Apple and Google for allegedly running illegal App Store monopolies, Epic has a win. The jury in Epic v. Google has just delivered its verdict, and it's found that Google turned its Google Play App Store and Google Play billing service into an illegal monopoly. After just a few hours of deliberation, the jury unanimously answered yes to every question put before them, that Google has monopoly power in the Android app distribution markets and in the billing services markets, that Google did anti-competitive things in those markets, and that Epic was injured by that behavior. They decided Google has an illegal tie between Google Play Store and its Google Pay billing payment services too, and that its distribution agreement. Project Hug deals with game developers and deals with OEMs were all anti-competitive. Damn, are they taking a look at Sony's playbook? <laughs> oh yeah, but Google's bigger than Sony, isn't it? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you go Apple, Google and Sony, Sony's fair place. Yep. Google Affairs and Public Policy VP Wilson White said the company plans to appeal the verdict and that the trial made clear that we compete fiercely with Apple and its App Store, as well as App Stores on Android devices and gaming consoles. We can read the full statement further down. In a post on its company blog, Epic Games said today's verdict is a win for all app developers and consumers around the world. It proves that Google's App Store practices are illegal and they abuse the monopoly to extract exorbitant fees, stifle competition and reduce innovation. It's a historic victory, particularly because Epic mostly lost its fight against Apple two years ago when Judge Yvonne Gonzalez-Rogers decided that fight had nothing to do with the apps. Huh. But the Epic, v game, uh, uh, the, Epic, the Epic v Google turned out to be a very different case. It hinged on secret revenue sharing deals between Google, smartphone makers, and big game developers, ones that Google executives internally believe were designed to keep rival app stores down. It showed that Google was running scared of Epic specifically, and it was all decided by a jury, unlike the Apple ruling. There's a difference. Yeah. Mind you, we don't know what Epic has won quite yet. That's up to Judge James Donato, who will decide what the appropriate remedies might be. Epic never sued for monetary damages. It wants the court to tell Google that every app developer has total freedom to introduce its own app stores and its own billing systems on the Android operating system. And we don't know yet how or even whether the judge might grant those wishes. Both parties will meet with a judge in the second week of January to discuss potential remedies. Uh, judge Donato has already stated that he will not grant Epic's additional requests for anti-circumvention provision, just to be sure Google can't reintroduce the same problems through some alternative patient solution. As Epic lead attorney Gary Bornstein put it on, put on uh, November 28th. 
We don't do don't break the law injunctions. If you have a problem, you can come back. <laughs> he also said he did not intend to decide what percentage fee Google should charge for its products. Although Epic didn't sue for damages, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney suggested Epic stood to make hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars if it doesn't have to pay Google fees. Then you have the a document going for or the ruling. I'm not going to read that. No, it's too fucking long. It's six pages. And it's all fucking tiny. I can't really see it. Mm. So, yay, I suppose. Um, the thing is, though, will they go back after Apple after that? Because they've got this win. Mm. And also, it could mean that we could get Apple Pay on uh, on Google phones. And vice versa. Yep. Because um, the walled garden isn't walled anymore, or it won't be walled, or it shouldn't be walled. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be walled off for using a certain product yep. on a certain platform. It, it definitely feels like how the Sony shit was going on in the background. They're like, oh, Microsoft going to do this. And it's like, but Sony are doing this. But, um, yeah, interesting to see what goes on uh, from that moving forward. Um, speaking of moving forward, something that was posted um, from E3's uh, Twitter account, they are no longer doing E3. E3 is finished. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, let me read the actual statement that I can pull up here. Uh, after more than two decades of E3, each bigger than the last, it's time to say goodbye. Thanks for the memories. Uh, GG WP. Even if they weren't so great, then sorry. Mm. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it. There's no real extra thing about that. E three's short, just short, sweet. Yeah. Um, I know why. No wise ending, or is it just no interest anymore? Well, do you remember in the past that like Sony and Microsoft were the only? Oh, I remember one. I remember one year. um, A lot of the uh, big hitters didn't turn up. Yep, Nintendo uh, don't even go to E three really anymore. They have their own uh, or Gamescom. They have their own like treehouse thing. Oh, again, Nintendo like Nintendo's direct, don't they? Yeah, they do their own thing around that time. I think it's mainly because there's like fees and shit they have to pay to be there at the booths and stuff and put stuff up. So it's easier for them to be not there and, and do their own thing. Um, but yeah, with the advent of like streaming and that, it was only a matter of time before um, E three disappears and they just have around that time they just have a big developers thing instead. So they might not even have um like a a, a conference or a show. They might just have a video and that's it. Mm. Because everyone's going with like state of plays or directs or uh, whatever Microsoft call theirs, um, and it's it's like that. They just they'd rather do that these days than go spend money to go to somewhere and show it off. They could do it internally cheaper and reach a lot more people because they can just live stream it and then not cost anything. But um, yeah, I mean some people. Uh, or I'm rightly upset about it because you know you don't get to go play demos of games anymore. You don't go to go and get merchandise, uh, meet people who you you want to meet up with for ages and stuff like that. It's all gone. Um, but I think E3s in the past, like when the Xbox 360 Slim came out, 
uh, one of the first things they did was everyone that was in that room for the like that conference, mm-hmm. whether it be like because it was I think it was mainly reporters, but there were some like general public there as well. Everybody in that audience got a free Xbox One Slim, uh, Xbox Three Sixty Slim, should I say? Um, for just being in the audience. So there was like giveaways like that in the past that have happened. Um, and considering that audience was probably like four or five hundred people, they gave away a shitload of uh, things. And I, I, like I said, that's that's savings they don't have to do now. They don't have to give away things anymore. They can just do their own little video like Nintendo do and go, okay, see you in uh, six months when the game comes out. All right, bye. Now that'd be it. But, um, I don't remember you, the Xbox 360 Slim. You not? No. You had the, I mean, I'm looking. I'm, look, I'm looking at um, Google out of the pictures online. It looks like the uh, the 360 Elite. No, the, the 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 Elite was black, but the Slim was black, and um, it had like polished sides rather than matte sides, and it had the the touch button. They went ping when you when you touched it with your finger. Oh, okay. I found a picture of it. It's like um, but there were two types. Oh no, it's, it's probably like an inch uh, narrower. It was thirty percent smaller than a three sixty because what they did was they had a, a three sixty on the on the platform, and at the end of the show, we went. Oh, by the way, we just pulled the shell off, and the uh, the slim was underneath. Hmm. Let me see if I can find the uh, a thing with it because I had one so. Uh, so that's. I, 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 I think I had a three sixty elite, possibly. Right. Uh, copy. Am I getting, am I getting confused again? All right, I've just linked to, to the thing. This one by. So that is the one I had. The slim. That's the one they gave away. The one I've got um, here is more like an Xbox One in looks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had that. Yeah, because it had like a, a touch button for the eject button, a touch button for the power button. You didn't have a clicky button. You just went ping, ping when you turned it on and off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had that. I didn't realize that was the slim. That was the slim. Ah, oh, fuck me. That fits inside the original Xbox 360. Because that's yeah. how they uh, produced it. The more you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was it. And it also had the removable white tape hard drives that you can pull out and replace for large ones. Yeah, well, I definitely had it then. Definitely. Not the because the original 360 had a little um a button clicker to pull it out, like yeah. a little flat hard drive. Well, it was like something that sat on top. It was like it was like a a bit of a tumor sat on the top of it, and it clunk pulled it out, clunk, put it yeah. back in. Whereas that one was like you pulled the the vent off the bottom, yanked and you tab, pulled it out, and it, and it had the hard drive on it. Yeah. Yeah. But they they gave those away when they first um, did that. All right, let's get into almost get into the gaming proper. Mm. Uh, the GTA Six trailer that was very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of twerking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna pull it up and watch it with the um, sound off because I kind of uh, want to get refresh my brain. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how to um think but to think of it really. Well, I mean, the map looks good. It's yeah. big. The, the I issue mean, I've got is there's no real gameplay. Um, so well, the, the one thing we have noticed though, we, we will be having a female protagonist. 
So they were like, first female protagonist. Lucia is a first female protagonist in the 3D slash HD universe. The original Grand Theft Auto game from 1997 had four female characters you could pick from in the character select screen at the beginning. Because I went and fucking looked that shit up. What, you mean the top-down GTA? Yep, top-down GTA, the very first one. There was four guys and four girls. You could play as, and there's also there was also a um there was also a parrot as well. Um, was there? Yeah, you yeah, had to put a cheat code in to get it. Oh, uh, okay, that's why you turned your portrait to a parrot. It was hang the DJ. Oh, okay. But yeah, so you had four women, four four um men in the original one. So another cheat code. I remember the... another cheat code. I remember that as well was um uh bastard about the first day. Oh, would give you um um BSTARD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'd um, literally uh, give you max money, all guns, infinite ammo, and all that shit. So you can literally just put it in, start, and boom, you've done the first level already. I am going to look at replies, because I definitely sent it to somebody, because someone was like, um, oh, the post has been deleted by an author, because I was like, I just went, hate to say it, but the original DT uh, had multiple characters, but there were four women as a playable character. I'll tag you in it on Twitter. Wow, it's doing that thing again where it's not showing your name up. I've got all the way to Dolphin Rap. And then, there we go. So, um, yeah, the four bottom characters were the the four that you could play. Um, yeah, so you play as Lucia and her boyfriend. I can't remember the name. I think Carlos, I think. Um... Other other two like playable characters. Uh, the trailer shows like her in prison, getting out of prison by the looks of it. Uh, and then you gotta admit though, it looks like a fucking great game. Like if they pull off it, it, the level, it of does detail, look good. Um, they pull off the level of detail and the level of like traffic and pedestrians and stuff like that. It's gonna look ridiculous because like there's one screenshot of. People ring down a beach, people walking down the beach, there's people like laid on the beach, there's people at the in the water, there's helicopters and jets flying around. And uh there is close to a hundred people on the screen, probably. <clears throat> and they're all very unique, very different, all doing different things. There's like a guy um like on his phone doing some kind of influence sort of thing while there's this woman's like bent over, showing her ass to the camera. There's people like stood round by a cooler drinking. There's people sunbathing. There's people just walking down the beach. There's people on like uh, sunbeds sunbathing. There's like lifeguards. There's people in the water. There's people with rings and stuff. And that's just like one screenshot of like this. And let me just go on to. I mean, do we know if it's going to be in UE5 or. Uh, Seems like it'd be a very um, demanding game if it's going to run, run on Unreal Five. I think it's Rage, their own Rockstar uh, engine. Their their own. Um, right. uh, I, I started from the left of this picture of the the beach shot, and I went from the woman with the white bikini all the way around to the like a green parasol in the back shot. Mm-hmm. Twenty five people just in that. I've not even got to anyone in the background yet. Christ. Yeah. So. Um, like the Although, physics looks really cool. Mm-hmm. 
the hair physics. People have said the hair physics are ridiculous. I, I my my thing is it's not just like the jiggle physics and stuff like that. It's the level of things going on. There's a lot of shit going on in this game. Like everywhere looks packed and dense. Uh, whether that actually will translate through to the actual gameplay, I don't know. Any coffee cup physics? Um, I've not seen any. But then they've got like the thing where they have like whatever their version of like Twitter or uh, Instagram or something like that is, and they've got like people. Like, it, like, it was like Life Invader, wasn't it? From um, GTA Yeah, but I don't know what it is in this because it doesn't actually tell you what it is. But they've got like people like live streaming, dancing, and stuff. There's twerking on top of cars. There's pulling alligators out of pools. Uh, alligators getting into um, stores. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can definitely tell it's Florida. You can definitely tell it's in Florida, though. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Like some of the shit that goes on on it, it looks really interesting. It's like uh, do there's also a lot of shit going on outside of it as well. Yeah. Oh God, the the Joker. Uh, the, yeah, there's one guy with loaded tattoos on his face. He's apparently suing uh, Rockstar for using his likeness in game. Yeah. And there's another there's another um a female who's also not happy having no likeness put in either. Yeah, but the thing is that the characterizations are not actually them. Because, like, the guy's tattoos are completely different, his face is different, his hair color is different, so is inspired by him, yes. Actually him, no. And I think that's the, the thing. It's like, oh, you could say, oh, it's a likeness, but it's not. Not really. It's like a characterization. But again, looks like I can do what they always do and just put a little disclaimer. Any similarities of people living or dead in this game are purely coincidental. Do you know the only real person that is actually uh, well, there's actually there's like five real people that are canon to the uh, GTA universe: Bill Collins, uh, Simon Cowell, Mm -hmm. Paula Abdul, Mm -hmm. um, fucking Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and I think uh, what was Scottish guy that was in. Mock of the week. Oh, you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they were. Uh, Dara Breen? No, not Dara Breen. He was Irish. The other one. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck. Frankie Boyle. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They were. I was literally about our star because she's pretty good with that kind of thing. I'll literally tell you. Yeah, they were the they were the five real world characters that were in GTA and confirmed like real people in the universe. Mm. Because Ricky Gervais and Frankie Boyle were split sides club in GTA Four. Frank, uh, like Paula Abdul and um, Fuckface, uh, Cal were fame or shame, and I forgot who the fifth one I said was. Oh, and then Phil Collins was in Vice City. Yeah, uh, Vice City stories. He was like literally a mission where you protect him, and then he plays. Uh, in the air tonight. Like well, I'm a, stopping people dropping the, uh, the stage lights on him. Yeah, but then you can go back and watch it again without any of the uh, the mini game shit. So it's just like he then performs it normally. So it's like interesting that those people made it through as actual real life celebrities. Hmm. It's weird how um, American GTA is fictional as fuck, but. England still exists in GTA universe. Mm-hmm. 
But also, America seems to be islands, not actual proper America. Indigenous yeah, like states. Yeah. Because mm. like the state of San Andreas is an island. The state of Liberty City is an island. The state of um, Vice City is an island. They're all islands. They've never been a real thing. The only one that ever connected to a city was Liberty City in GT3. But that technically wasn't correct. Because you couldn't go to the other side of the state. It kind of just like was blocked off. But um, yeah. So it's interesting to see all that happen. So I kind of, I really do want like GTA um, 6's online mode to address the whole moving from San Andreas thing. Because a lot of people are going to be like, I spent this much money in GTA online over the last 10 years and I get fuck all from it. Sort of thing. And my character's gone, and, and I can imagine that'll be pissy. But, um, mm -hmm. the, the amount of customization and shit you, it looks like you'll be able to do, because of how varied the ped models were, um, is going to be insane. So, I'm, I am looking forward to it. It's not out till 2025, though. So, we've got just over a year where it's meant to be coming out. Um, that's not a bad thing. That just means that there's still a lot of time for polish and, um, stuff because the only issue with rockstar games usually is the online mode is that popular that it fucks their servers when it comes out mm -hmm. and i imagine gta 6 will do the same as gta 5 and you'll have a month where you don't have online and then they'll put online mode out and the first week will be unplayable because everyone on the dog is trying to get online yep there's just some great memes it's like um like uh, GTA Five comes out. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to ask your uh, your parents to buy this game. It's mature rated. GTA Six comes around. Is that cash or card, sir? <laughs> or in my case, it was is that cash or card, sir? For both, because I'm old as fuck. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really 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 like ooh about GTA Six. I feel like it's gonna be a good um a good game to uh, play. There's going to be a, lots of stuff to do, new mechanics and shit. Um, but they've not really shown you any gameplay. This is all like a cinematic stage version of it. I'd love to see gameplay and what actually see that level of detail and that level of like density of people. Because I feel like what we saw was possibly the PC port on a very high-end PC. The, oh, definitely. The PS5 and Xbox Series X and S versions won't be as populated i don't think i think they'll be less populated the details still be pretty good i imagine um because what they did with red dead redemption 2 was fucking amazing in terms of graphics given as uh, as last gen yes yeah i mean like the ball shrinkage on the horses for fuck's sake <laughs> just what they could do with that. physics yeah the level of detail they could do with shit like that and then it's like now here's a game because I'm hoping that it runs actually well on my PC, otherwise I'm going to have to buy a new PC for roleplay when it comes to that. But um, that won't be for like another two... It'll be like 2026. Could you, could, could you imagine if the, um, the, the guy who did that at Rockstar had to go to another um, publisher and they say, so what did you do? Well, I made the horseball physics and Red Dimension 2. You're hired. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> yeah. Um, but going from like a very good impression to a very bad impression. That's a massive understatement, bad impression. Uh, so this is from PCGamer.com. 
just four days after the day before's disaster has launched, the studio has abruptly closed. We miscalculated our capabilities. We've got more to go on this in a little bit. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, Fantastic says the day before has failed financially and it cannot afford to continue working on it. Oh, these fucking ads go away. Just four days after the ugly launch of Not Quite a Survival MMO, the day before on Steam, developer Fantastic says it's closing its doors because the game flopped. A few hours after the studio announced its closure, sales of the day before on Steam were halted. The day before has failed financially and we lack the funds to continue, the studio said in a statement posted on Twitter. All income received is being used to pay off debts to our partners. We invested all our efforts, resources and man-hours into development of the day before, which was our first huge game. We really wanted to release new patches to reveal the full potential of the game, but unfortunately we don't have the funding to continue the work. And as they said in the closure message that it has taken no money from the public during the development of the day before, adding that there were no crowdfunding or pre-order campaigns prior to the release. In a later tweet, the studio said that it has not received any income from Steam sales yet and won't in the future, and that it's working with Valve to offer refunds regardless of the playtime. After an extended period of hype, controversy, and deep scepticism surrounded the day before that it saw temporarily removed from Steam over a, work, over a trademark dispute, it finally launched on Steam on December 7th and immediately ran into trouble. Server issues were widespread, but players were also surprised to discover that it wasn't quite the zombie-infested survival MMO they were expecting. Instead, it bought a number of characteristics of an extraction shooter, similar to Escape from Tarkov, except not very good. The reaction was immediate and intense. The Steam rating crashed to mostly negative, and the official day before Discord was temporarily locked down as moderators struggled to keep a lid on the upset. There was a presumption that patches would be forthcoming to smooth out at least some of the roughest bits, but that apparently now is off the table. Predictably, users of the day before Discord servers are once again enthusiastically venting their frustration, accusing Fantastic of perpetuating a scam right from the start, and this time there's no mod team to put a stop to it. In the short time since Fantastic announced the studio's closure, most of the day before's Discord servers have evaporated. Every text and voice channel, except the general chat room, has been deleted, and the server news channel used to keep communication progress on the game has been scrubbed off every message. All content on their YouTube channel has also been deleted. The final message to be posted in that channel was a goodbye from Discord moderator Levitate, but even that is gone now. Sorry, I'm trying to look at the, uh, the trailers. Because they're they're still trailers knocking about, like uh, mm. what the trailer did versus what the gameplay is. Mm. So I'll ask goodbye and thank you for myself and the rest of the moderation team on volunteers. We appreciate all the fun we've had. Really, phone. Oh God, damn it! My phone just I did a thing. Hang on. Well, I've got the uh, story for me to take it back over. Okay, so. <clears throat> We appreciate all the fun we've had over the time we spent here. We had our community ups and downs. The kind words today were appreciated from the mods. Fantastic fumbled and tried to use us as a scapegoat. One day, someone will make the game we all desire. The state of the game led to widespread interest in refunds. One message posted in the day before subreddit said Steam was accepting refund requests even from players who had gone beyond the standard two-hour playtime limit. The message being shared on the Russian social media networks, including VK, and posted to Twitter by Simon Carlos, purportedly from fantastic CEO Edward Gotostev, something Russian, claimed a whopping 46% of the copies sold in Steam had been refunded. 
As the investor the day before, we would like to provide some updates on the current situation around the game. We are sorry for the fact that the game didn't meet expectations of the majority of players. Today we will work with Steam to open up refunds for any players who choose to make a refund. But yeah, um, pretty much was she right. Yeah. However, uh, something that come to light was browsing the Reddits, and someone did find a rather interesting screen grab. So, Fantastic also have a few other games out there, but one that stuck out was The Wild 8. And uh, on the 11th of December, so that was, what, a couple of days ago? I think. Two days. Two days ago. Um, there was a history on the change list. Uh, it changed developer from Fantastic to 8 points. So the developer is now eight points for the game that was originally developed by Fantastic. So could this be a saving rate? We're going to get a we're going to get a lawsuit and push it onto someone else. Well, without like, oh, we've changed the name. This is a different company. We're not Fantastic. Yeah, but um, receipts <laughs> still exist, though, doesn't it? True. So it'll be it'll be on the it'll be on the change log for Steam anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah. But you you usually call this. Yeah, we're not called that anymore. So it's not us. It's still you, just different name. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. yeah, um, don't over um, be over ambitious with what you're offering, I suppose. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like you offer the world and you get a No Man's Sky thing, and then you've got to go back and fucking fix it. Or, I mean, more, 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 more than that later, oh. though. <clears throat> so, uh, Game Awards happened. Um, I'm not going into the fucking winners losers because I can't be fucked. Uh, so we're just gonna go with the announced things from the Game Awards. There was a lot of games announced. There's, there's a fair few, fair few. I'm actually quite interested in as well. Website is full of shit, Eurogamer. What the fuck? <clears throat> uh, so the first one, uh, they're making a Tale of Two Sons brothers. A Tale of Two Sons is getting a a remake. Um, then there is just so it's available everywhere: PC, Xbox Series, and PlayStation Five. That's in February. Uh, yes. Pony Island Two Panda Circus, uh, a sequel to the 2016 um title Pony Island. Uh, there is <clears throat> Rise of the Golden Idol, which is uh, a sequel to The Case of the Golden Idol. That's going to be out in 2024 on everything. I don't think I've heard that, to be fair. Nope. I neither have I. Uh, Harmonium, the musical. Uh, I'm assuming that's some kind of uh, fucking thing. Uh, the game. Features a deaf protagonist and will be released on Netflix games and Game Pass. Okay. So there's no mention of PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, or Switch. came next showing off a mixture of gameplay and animation. Uh, from the creators of Dead Cells, Motion Twins, games enter PC early access next year. Um, Thrasher, the new game from the creators of Thumper. Is that Thrasher's Skate Destroy or is this a different fucking game? Uh, so I'll click the link. So look. Oh, it's a VR. Horror, it's a rhythm horror game. 
Caught on PC VR on Quest. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Uh, a metaphor re Fantasio, a new fantasy adventure from the makers of Persona 3, 4, and 5. Uh, a game called Exodus. It's got M Matthew McConaughey in it. It's uh, a sci fi action adventure with aliens. Uh, remind me who Matthew McConaughey is? Uh, he was in, I think he was in fucking uh, Solaris. Not Solaris. Um, Mass Effect? No, no, the film. Not Solaris. It sounds like that. Oh, um, Solaris. Is it? Solaris, yeah. Yeah, he was like one of the characters in that. Uh, God of War Ragnarok gave a free, like, DLC, DLC. kind of uh, <clears throat> was which was released yesterday as of the recording of the podcast. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a roguelike thing. So you go so far, you die and come back and start again, sort of thing. It's free as That's well. That's interesting. Um, there is the next game from the creator of uh, Untitled Goose Game. It's called Big Walk. That's going to be uh, in twenty twenty five. So a bit of a wait. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there was Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, and that's going to be January of next year. Lego Fortnite, which is out now, <clears throat> and then they uh, showed a bit more of uh, Senua's Sacrifice: Hellblade Two, uh, which is coming out in twenty twenty four. Then there is. No Rest for the Wicked, which is an action RPG. Uh, it's going to be uh, on a showcase on the 1st of March next year. <clears throat> and then Sega went, hey. Guess what? Yeah. Back, bitches. <laughs> yep. So they're like, hey, we're, we're making these titles in development. There is actually small clippets, uh, snippets from these titles they announced. But they said, and more. So they showed a clip of Jet Set Radio, the new one that they're making, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, oh, and Crazy Taxi. Those, those last ones, oh my god. I played them a lot as a kid. Yeah, I think the only issue is, people are going, which one's going to be the live service thing? And I feel like Crazy Taxi is going to be the live so service So you just said Crazy Taxi and here comes stuff. <laughs> yeah. So how was your Crazy Taxi? I think I put the crazy into Crazy Taxi, like, oh my gosh, like, how crazy was I, Dolph? Crazy Taxi. I can't answer that. <laughs> well, the trailer it shows, the, the brief thing it showed of Crazy Taxi, you can play as like police chasing the the taxi driver instead of <laughs> as well as just being the taxi driver. So, <clears throat> and then there is um, uh, Dragon Ball Sparkling Zero, which is going to be on everything apart from Switch. Uh, there is Visions of Mana, which is the next of Mana game from Square Enix. That's on uh, everything but Switch again. In so, would you, would you say Mana or Mana? Ma uh, mana. Mm. I suppose it depends, right, doesn't it? I mean, that's the first edition of the series, what, for 15 years or so, is it? Yeah, because it was Secrets of Mana, then there was uh, Tales of Mana, I think it was. And then this one is Visions of Mana, which is the f like the first one they've done. In, it's coming to 
Xbox Series, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, but no mention of um, old-gen Xbox. Yeah, like, Switch. Well, like I said, everything but Switch, pretty much. I'm kind of not seeing anything to do with the original Xbox because they're not seeing original Xbox on any of these either. So <clears throat> I think the original Xbox has sailed at this point. Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, Rise of the Ronin, which is a PS5 exclusive. Uh, OD, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, his next project, which is an Xbox exclusive. That'll be interesting then. Well, not because it's exclusive Xbox, but Hideo Kojima has that certain... Yeah. Um, uh, some people are thinking that this could be what Silent Hills was meant to be. As I said, Hideo Kojima has that certain... I can't think of the word it is, but he has that... Uh, he has a certain genre of game that kind of breaks the reality in the fourth wall. Then there was Jurassic Park Survival. Which I'm, in, which I'm kind of intrigued with. From Switch and PC. It's probably going to be Ark, but with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Ark, there you go. Or it's, probably, um, it's going to be sort of, it's never going to be, probably going to be very little note baseball, and it's just like just dying around uh, from tree to tree trying to hide. It could be like Daisy mixed with um, Ark, basically, I imagine. You're going to be scrounging for weapons and stuff to keep the dinosaurs at bay, and then also watch out for probably other people. Mm. I imagine it'll be a multiplayer thing. Uh, PvE and PvP, I suppose. And then Fortnite also added, as well as Lego Fortnite, they added rock <laughs> racing, uh, and they added... Like, so basically, I... So basically, I, um... Like rock uh, cars, basically. Right yeah, essentially. Uh, they also did, a, basically, Guitar Hero as well. You know what? As, as much as as much as Guitar Hero and Rock Band was very niche back in the day, mm. I kind of think it just kind of make a comeback. I don't like the fact that you can't use your control. You have to use a control. You can't use. The... But then, how would that work with um if people want to stream the games? Because that would be one hell of a fucking lawsuit. Oh god, yeah, they like some of the literally unless it's an epic music, everything that's licensed music, so you can't, you cannot fucking play that game. No. Out. And then there is a Black Myth Wukong. Kind of looks like a Journey to the West like monkey character. He's in like armor and stuff. That is going to be on. Um, doesn't say where it's going to be released. Uh, Dust Falls, previously an Xbox exclusive, gets a PlayStation release date as well. Um. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice uh, League got a release date of the 2nd of February next year. Uh, Whispers in the Wall expansion coming to Warframe on the 13th, so today. Um, Banishes Ghosts of New Eden the 13th of February next year. Uh, Ready or Not uh, came out uh, 1.0 is today. Uh, Tales of Kenzara Zhao and that's the 23rd of April. Nice. Uh, on everything, including the Switch. Uh, so, modern consoles and Switch and PC. Uh, then there is... Oh, okay. Then there's a Life is Strange game, but it's not Life is Strange. It's the next title from the Life is Strange creators called uh, Lost Records Bloom and Rage, coming out late next year. Um... 
Berserker Khan, a single player RPG. Uh, then there's Final Fantasy Seven uh, Rebirth event, which is going to appear in Apex Legends, which starts on the 22nd of January. Uh, then there's Honkey Star Rail, which is some like free-to-play bullshit in the same vein as the, um, the other one that PlayStation has, with all the women in. Uh, oh, by the way, Skull and Bones, you know that... Uh, pirate game that everyone's like huh is that even coming out mm, kind of fell off my radar but yeah yeah that's coming out uh february 16th of february. Mm, okay well yeah. i want to see it and the closed bay which runs from the 15th of december to the 18th of december now you can register for that and then uh they also showed the marvel's blade uh which is a bethesda arcane leon uh studios thing which I've got to imagine that's going to be on everything. That's not just going to be a Sony exclusive. Because Bethesda and Arcane, both owned by Xbox. Microsoft, should I say. Uh, then there is... Announcement for Twisted Metal Season 2. Uh, the Last Sentinel. Uh, and then you got The First Descendant. Uh... Zenless Zone Zero, uh, Mecha Break, and Warhammer 40k Space Marines all came mm. uh, with like things as well. Uh, this is like a lot of shit. So the the one that I'm very dubious about. So Hello Games came up. I went, hey, we <laughs> we have this new title called Light No Fire, and it's one world. The size of Earth, but it's procedurally generated and it's multiplayer. Yeah, and you can ride dragons. You can swim the oceans. Yeah, fancy RPG elements to it, and it's it, also um, kind of little, uh, it's little skeletons that try to kill you. It looks really cool, but my issue with it is, are we going to get a repeat of how No Man's Sky launched? Yeah. I mean, the thing with No Man's Sky was they had flooding, which fucked their servers, so they had to like go back to an earlier build and release it, and then work on it. The issue with this, I I think, is it's one world. So how many people play on that one world? How much is procedurally generated and then stays the same? How much is going to change? Um, there's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. My initial thought is that this is either going to be an actually really good game or it's going to be a No Man's Sky game, but people are going to be what the fuck. I mean, it's, it says it says multiplayer. Does it mean everyone has their own procedurally generated Earth if you go to a multiplayer game? Or is it going like to be like a server-based world? Well, I think that's... I think it, it, just, it, just, it just says multiplayer. It doesn't say anything about um, online MMORPG-esque multiplayer worlds where you get up to like between two and well, 2,000 people, shall we say. How many people can play on... Uh, a No Man's Sky like instance. How many people have got like? Six, uh, depending eight, on your depending on your hardware, I think with the series and the PlayStation Five, you can have up to sixty four. Sixty four people. So that's. I mean, old the... gen, old old gen Xbox. I think is thirty two. But that's that's across the universe, right? This uh, is... Yes, as far as I'm aware. Well, I think it's in your instance. So if you're in the uh, anomaly, or if you're in a group in a or in the same galaxy system, as it were. Yeah. So. This is going to be one instance, right? Because otherwise, you're going to travel through different people's instances 
into different parts of the world that's not going to exist when you go back there next time? I mean, it could be along the lines of um, how Defiance was back in the day. Uh, yeah, like one know. giant world that's been predetermined, as it were, but without the um, randomness to it. Mm-hmm. My issue with it is, and this is like a big issue, is like when you play Minecraft, it's procedurally generated as you go along, but then it stays mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like if I was to join one of you guys, is it going to throw me new areas when you get to a point past you've not, and then it's going to make it the same for you, or is it going to be different when you go there if I if you've not been there but I have? It's it really doesn't. Yeah, I see, I see what you're getting at. But I think if if you if, if it's all one instance based, if you see something that no one's been to before, then someone else goes to where you've been, they'll see what you've seen. Yeah, that's the gist I'm kind of getting. But then that's the issue, right? If I join your world, is your world going to be my world or my world going to be your world? Hmm. Ponder. This is why I'm like, oh, this sounds really bad. Because someone is going to just fly on and find a dragon like day two or three and he's going to fly the fuck around the world and generate everything. And then you've got no like generation for yourself, no discovery for yourself. And then whoever joins that server is going to be like stuck on that, because that it's probably what they'll do. It'll, they'll have like certain servers that you'll join at random, maybe until you make a base, and then it tethers you to that server. And whoever is like the most explorer on day the first week is going to basically determine how that world's going to look. And yeah. you, you probably will have to start a fresh character and get a role a new like planet to get uh, more exploration for yourself I'd assume there'll be like a online offline version of your planet as it were one where the community all goes on to and one where you'll just have solely just for you and your close knit friends mm. well, I think which, would be, which would be which would be a good idea so if you've got like a how they're doing grounded you share the world with your friends in the list mm. so while you're not on they can go around and explore and say hey look I found this over here yeah but you're going to get one shitlord in your, in your friend group that's going to absolutely 100% go oh i speed ran the entire planet while you were off i spent 24 hours flying around i've generated the entire world you're like cool thanks i'm now gonna start a new world (laughs) fucker and kick and block and unfriend (laughs) you're gonna get people that are gonna do that regardless of what version of it is it's gonna be played so i i feel like it tries to promise the sky but it's gonna be very very hard to do without causing issues But uh, that's not even all of it. There's fucking... Uh, Exoborn... We're about, we're about two-thirds of the way through, so we're nearly done. Yeah, Exoborn, a post-apocalyptic extraction shooter from behind uh, Ubisoft Boys at the Division. Um, Guilty Gear Strive uh, trailer, which gives a new DLC character uh, and 3v3 combat arriving in 2024. Arc Survival Ascended. Fucking... I hate that fucking game. So... That is just a different engine that they charge you full price for everything again to mm. play on. Yeah. So, fuck that in my eyes. Um, then they got Final Fantasy's two DLCs that are coming for Final Fantasy 16. By the way, still not on the Xbox. Still kind of waiting for um, seven, 7 Remake, which I said was going to be out two, three years ago. Mm. Uh, Bod's which Gate... I'm not even... Three I'm did turn up on Game Pass. I think it did turn up on Game Pass. What's that? Baldur's Gate Three. 
It is. Uh, no, it's not on Game Pass, but it is on Xbox. Hmm. So that showed up. That was cool. That uh, one game of the year as well. Uh, Monster yeah, I'm, I'm, Hunter... quite, I'm, I'm, I'm playing that now, actually. And it's um, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Uh, Monster Hunter Wilds uh, got a uh, announcement trailer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It doesn't look like it's going to make the switch because it's it's very advanced, I imagine. Yeah, I'm. I can't. Make, I can't remember if um World made it to the switch though. Uh, there was a version of Monster Hunter on Switch, but I don't know what it was. It might have been Try or um, what's the other one? Uh, might have been Rise, possibly. I think Rise. Pretty sure Rise is on there. Pretty sure Rise is on the Switch. Yeah, I think Rise is is on there. Uh, right, I'm just doing on Salt Street. I'm looking at um different houses because the the server that we're going to be playing on eventually they are doing a poll of where the starting apartments will be. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, uh downtown Vinewood. That one's up top by the bank. Oh, it's going to have to be Alt Street because fucking Von Krausenberg is horrible. It's right up at the top of the map in the city. Everyone's fucking picking that. That's literally next to the, the compound we had when we were in the other one. Fuck it. That'll do. Anyway, back to what we were doing. <laughs> So yeah, I was like the uh, game awards stuff. Like I said, I'm not fucking going into all the winners and losers because I can't be fucked. Yeah, switch with Rise and Sunbreak, so the expansion to Rise. Mm. Um. So also, Kingdom Come Deliverance is turning up on Switch. Yep. I mean, I'm a bit. I don't know how well that's going to run on the Switch because. Well, even at, even at, even at even at even at release, the both the PlayStation Xbox versions did have issues, yeah. especially with kicking and um, falling through the terrain. I mean, it's a solid fucking game. It's it's a very good um, well, medieval yeah. medieval esque. Um, they probably had more time to work on the Switch version though compared to the console ones because the console ones kind of got pushed at the same time as PC. Mm. Um. And the Royal Editions, all the DLCs as well, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batman Arkham Collection on the Switch um, currently is not very good at all. I watched the Digital Foundry thing of it, and it struggles to hit 30 frames a second. And if you're playing Arkham yeah. Knight, uh, the one that was released on Xbox One, that struggles to reach 20 frames a second at times. I've seen some, I've seen some of the uh, gameplay, and it's not, it's not good. It's like Borderlands Three runs pretty smooth at thirty frames a second on the on there, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look bad either on on, on Switch Borderlands Three. And yet you've got the Arkham Collection, which two of those games weren't even on last gen, and they're struggling. And Arkham Asylum was my favorite Batman game of all time. Everyone goes Arkham City is the best. It's like nah, mate, Arkham. Arkham Asylum was the best because it was where everything took off, where you learned everything. It was also very compact and a neat little story. Uh, where a city went open world and you had to really figure out what the fuck was going on. I've completed all of them. Um, I've done all the main stories on all th- 
four games because Arkham Origins isn't in this collection, by the way, because uh, that wasn't a Rocksteady game. That was a side game. I've completed all of them. I just never did the uh, like bonus things to 100% the game. Mm. But like the main storyline I did. It was interesting, though. Um, yeah, unfortunately, did not translate very well to Switch. No. Uh, hopefully patches will bring that up to a more playable standard, but as it stands right now, kind of fucked. Just avoid for now. Yeah. Um, kind of, it kind of reminds me of the Definitive Collection, because I have the Definitive Collection on the Switch, and it doesn't run that bad on Switch, actually, now, but it was kind of bad. Yeah. Um, it struggled to hit, like, uh, certain, like, FPS limits. Whereas they're all maxed out at 30 FPS now, and they're all running a lot smoother. There's still, like, some big bugs in the game still. Like, you can find certain parts of the map where you just walk over and fall through. Um, which will eventually get patched. But it's just a, a thing where it's Grove Street Games. It's going to take them fucking forever to sort it out, and Microsoft are cracking the whip. Uh, Microsoft, uh, Rockstar, are cracking the whip to get that sword, but it's going to take a while. Um, but hopefully Warner Brothers Games and Rocksteady are going to actually pull the finger out and do something with the Arkham games to make it run better. Mm-hmm. But for now, yeah, hard pass on the uh, on the switch. <coughs> so um, I've got a few things here that you want to talk about, Dolph. Yeah. So. Uh, so I've, I've got a Game Pass course, so I've got a more limited selection of games compared to, say, Ultimate. Mm-hmm. The one game I saw, I thought, I was, I was looking at this, I, was, I, mean, I, thought, I, saw, I thought, I read for it, I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'll give it a go. And it was called Super Liminal. I saw Sparky play that. It's um, about perspective. Yes. It's, I did it in about just over two hours. Mm. And there's a speed run achievement for under 35 minutes. I looked at it and thought, how Fucking the fuck? Hell. Well, that's being able to change because it's all about like you can pick up something small, put it further away, bring it close to you, and it makes it bigger. Mm-hmm. Or put uh, it above your head and drop it, and it gets larger. Yeah. Um. So I imagine speedrunners have got like they're down to a T. It's like pick this up, flick it in the air, start running. Uh, lands on the thing as it lands. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yes. I mean, the bit near the end was, it almost stumped me. I was just, because the uh, announcer was saying something about paradox over time. I thought, paradox, I was like, I'm in this room where you got to go, you got to pick up this house. For, you get it a bit larger, so you can go through the door, and then you open up, enough, open up a gateway to the left of the room, because it just goes in a circle. I was, like, well, I, was looking, I was looking at it thinking, how can I make a paradox here? And I was just thinking and thinking and thinking, and I thought, hang on. What if I. Now that I've actually got the portal open on the house, which looks into the main room, what if I picked up the house, took it with me, inside the and dropped, dropped it on the other side of the door, but I turned it round? And I thought, ah! <laughs> Paradox. Yeah, that, that'd have me stumped for fucking ages, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that. But that's the thing, it's I'm, like people who, who know all the puzzles and how to fix them will just speedrun it. I mean, I think the... Um, that's gonna be a bit, a bit of a shame to make this. The, the one of the first puzzles going through the room where you've got the button on the button on the floor, you've got a, a door behind you which doesn't allow anything through. And I'm thinking, well, how can I get this fucking button down? And I'm I can, I'm running towards the door. And it's closed. I'm like, how the fuck? 
then I slightly moved a bit to the right, looked in the doorway and says, oh, there's a, there's a cube on the table, but I can't get to it. And I was like, hang on, can I really grab the cube from this distance? Oh, fucking course I can. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I thought, okay, grab the cube, put it on the floor, door opens, run through, stays, stays open. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's only about 14 and a half gig, so if you like yeah. puzzle games, it's good. It's, it kind of gave me some Stanley Parable vibes a little bit. Mm, I guess, with, with, some of the, with some of the comic, comic, comical um, narration. I think Star I found one bit funny where it said, um, run up to you, run up to you, uh, your wife, punch in the face and run away. She found mm-hmm. that quite funny. Yeah, I did actually, yeah. That was funny. Uh, I might have to give that a download then and have a play. Because I've, I've, I've not actually gone more than look at it. It looked interesting, but I just didn't give it... It's, 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 a, short, it's a short game. It's like, like I said, it's, you can do it in about two hours if you're... You know, if you just push on through. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't speedrunning, but I did in just a little over two hours. That's cool. Um, what did you think um, to Baldur's Gate 3? Because you did say... Yeah, it recently dropped on um, Xbox, unexpectedly, due to the uh, TGA trying to uh, hurry them up, please, blah, blah, blah. They're getting tired to announce it, but yeah, it's, it runs well. It's it's a and d based game, so most of your actions require dice rolls. Mm. Um, I chose to play as the Dark Urge to start off with, and that was an interesting choice. <laughs> I got to one of the starter areas where you have a like a little village whatever i found a squirrel who tried to bite my foot <laughs> and my character just hunted the little shit into a tree and killed him without um any of my input and i'm thinking yeah. uh okay then well dark it means you know he's not going to give any shit so it's like fuck you oh, squirrel bastard uh, apparently the character i have has um Aggressive thoughts where you can't remember his past. He's one of those um, I don't know who I am or where I'm from characters. Oh, so he's an edgy the hedgehog. Mm, not so much that. It's just he, he he has some sort of amnesia. He doesn't remember his past. Just he has this voice in his head is always saying "kill, kill, kill." So he's a, a mix of Shadow the Hedgehog and fucking Creek the Psycho from Borderlands. Eh, to an extent, I'd say, yeah. Doesn't really but know you can, path, you can, you can, you can, you can. He does, he does speak, but doesn't speak in dialogue, as it were. Yeah. Oh, when you're walking around, you'll say certain things, but in dialogue, he's kind of mute. Is it kind of like a uh, Link from Legend of Zelda? Everyone says he's a, a silent protagonist, but he's not. You just don't ever hear him talk. Like you, all you don't, hear, you don't ever hear him. You don't ever hear him talk the dialogue that I'm yeah. aware of so far. But I'm still quite early game, so. Because um. That's the thing with Le- with Legend of Zelda. It's like the dialogue choices you'll make them, and the character will respond to them. So you, so Link is talking, but he's not ever had a voice. There's no voice lines per se. It's just yeah. the character respond to the dialogue choice. But yeah, so there's there's some there's an option called Karmic Dice as well, which is a, which is apparently meant to stop um losing streaks. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing that favor. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the first. One of the first roles I got straight at the start of the game was to check the this little pool where these little tadpoles were. And I got a fucking critical fail straight away. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and my game didn't get any better. 
Uh, I kept failing my. I think I failed my next eight or nine rolls, and I was like, "And karmic mm, dice doesn't seem to be working here." Well, that might be just your character might have like that negative stat that you work on, de- like debuffing throughout the uh, throughout the game. For them to become well, more more. from what I understand, you get dice rolls in combat as well, but it's mm. you don't actually see these dice rolls. It's kind of like um in the background. Yeah. So a enemy may have a like an armor stat, which. Uh, if you're if you basically just going non got no advantage, you just like you rolls a one dice in the background, and you got to have you've got to match or beat their um their armor level as it were. So if their armor level is like fourteen, you've got to roll at least a fourteen on the hidden die. Mm. But if you roll say like a thirteen, your attack will miss. So it's it's a bit more involved. You've got like an, if you've got an advantage, then your game will roll two dice in the background, then it'll take the highest value of the two. Right. But even then, you can still miss. Yeah. But if you're at a disadvantage, you'll throw two dice again, but you'll take the lowest value of the two as your attack. Fair enough. And then you've got saving throws as well, which is something to do with either your, uh, like your dexterity stats or um, other things like that. Hmm. Weapon choices also affects whether you hit or miss on the defender stat. So weapons like swords and axes will use your strength stat. Long uh, range weapons use your dexterity, and things like rapiers or finesse weapons will either take your strength stat or your dexterity stat, whichever is greater. Yeah. But yeah, this wasn't game of the year at the uh, Game Awards, by the way. Mm. Beat out Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm not happy at. I thought Zelda would have definitely uh, edged Baldur's Gate 3, but apparently not. He won some awards, though. Mm. I think. I know, but I wanted Game of the Year to be that. People are going, hey, it's going to be Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2, and it's like, nah, mate, no, it ain't. Spider-Man 2 got seven nominations and it won any of them. Yep. Well, which, is, are... which is somewhat disappointing, really. Cause... Yeah. I mean, for an established franchise like Spider-Man, he's been a, it's been around on what consoles away from the PlayStation One era since the Amiga and and beyond. Yeah, so we're talking at least thirty years or so minimum. Nearly forty years, probably. Mm. Um, so well, well-established character, and you know, it didn't win. It didn't win. It got nominated for quite a few, like hmm. I said, awards, but I don't can't remember off my head, off my head what the awards they were nominated for. My issue but, with the Spider-Man games are they are very one trick. It's like someone went, oh, how can this game lose for gameplay? And it's like, mate, that's a cutscene. It's like uh, <laughs> Sandman like gets Peter and fucking launches him. And he does like a basically like a web catapult to get back into the fight. And yeah, it's all, isn't, it's all no input either. Yeah, it's all no input. That is all just like an in-game cutscene. And someone's like, mate, mate, why didn't this get game of the year? Would look at this gameplay. Like, Are you fucking idiot or what? That's not gameplay. That's a cutscene. It's like you have no input in this at all. Of course it's not going to be. Whereas like Zelda, I don't think... There is, there is cutscenes, but they're very small cutscenes. Um, what makes me chuckle is they put an underworld in uh, and an overworld. So you got like above the clouds there's a whole new areas and there's below the the actual land of hyrule as well it's a whole new area as well big cave system and stuff 
and that added like two gigs worth of data to the game including all the building mechanics and all the new things you can do <clears throat> two gigs it's like how what magic have they sewn to get this to fit but um yeah i still haven't completed tears of the kingdom which um one of those things like, i'll do that and i did that with uh breath of the wild i got to a certain point stopped and then i came back and fucking smashed it out and that's probably what i'll do with uh, tears of the kingdom is i'll just end up smashing it out i've already got the reformed master sword that was interesting to get because i had to work on my stamina this time around it wasn't hearts it was a, a test of strength not a test of uh uh fortitude so i had to go find a dragon that had the master sword in its head and when you grabbed hold of the master sword it started like thrashing around so you had to hold on which used your stamina bar so you had to have so much stamina bar to hold on until it calmed down and let you have the sword um but yeah it was it was interesting so but i i think that should have won game of the year but i can see why Baldur's gate got it because it was such an innovative new take on a very old style of game um that does appeal to the masses in a in a way that other games might not spider-man is a like batman arkham kind of game lots of beat em up combos dodging and stuff like that uh zelda's open world hack and slash with puzzle elements whereas Baldur's gate can be taken very steadily uh it's not a rush through kind of game it's a sit back and take a couple of hours to do it for like one bit so um yeah okay i can see why i got it but personally i would have picked zelda And then, uh, shall we move on to the last topic of the evening? Yeah. So, so I have nothing about what's going on with this, but it sounds really yeah, So, weird. apparently, um, some people were noticing that they were getting permanently banned from this PlayStation Network. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, hold on. You know, they've not broken any terms of service. You know, they're not breaking the rules. They've not been, you know being an, an absolute ass. Mm. So this was um about a week ago, so a week Monday. So this may have updated since then. So uh, it's just from the verge again. Okay, so the tie has changed, but originally there were hundred reports of users locked out of their PlayStation accounts and systems about warning on Monday. But some PlayStation users have reported that their accounts have been restored. So many PlayStation Network users reported Monday that their accounts were unexpectedly permanently suspended. As of Tuesday morning, many of the people who have received messages now say their accounts have been restored. Some of them contacted customer service while others did not, but nearly a day after the issues began, Sony hasn't commented publicly or responded to us about the waiver bans or the frustrations that followed. A message one user read, This account is permanently suspended from PlayStation Network due to violations of the PlayStation Network terms of service and user agreement. It's unclear how widespread the problems are. I boot up my PlayStation 5 was able to jump into Baldur's Gate 3 and Fortnite just like I normally would. And I would also be able to log into the iOS PlayStation app without seeing a ban. However, there were numerous posts on Reddit about getting the same thing, and a look at PlayStation accounts on Facebook and Instagram showed dozens of people who received similar notices in the last few hours. The gaming forum Resetera showed many people experienced problems, and we've heard from multiple Verge readers who also wrote this into our tip spot inbox. 
Some people have received these suspensions were understandably distraught, as they have spent a lot of money on digital PlayStation games that they couldn't access. No network or account problems were listed on Sony's important notices PlayStation support page, and the company hasn't posted about them on its PlayStation or asked PlayStation social media accounts on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, so it seemed like it was a very uh, short yeah, unexpected They've not said anything, though. That's the weird bit about it. They've not said anything about why these were banned and how they were just restored without any issues. Um, which is weird. Like, even Microsoft are like, oh, yeah, we've had issues with this. It might stop you, from you think it might have been something malicious? Like a mm-hmm. hack attempt, possibly? Possibly, but I mean it's it's not unlikely. Yeah, but we'll probably not know because of how tight-lipped fucking Sony are with shit. You know how they like to keep their uh, the the cards close to the chest these days with stuff. Mm. And I I feel like we might not know about this unless somebody later on goes, "Oh yeah, it was a hack attack. We lost all these accounts. We had to restore them." But didn't they lose? Um, they lost some like digital content recently, and they said rather yeah, than discovery. That's to do with Discovery Plus, if I remember correctly. Basically, yeah. they um, lost the licenses to the content. So all the people that bought that content lost that content. Yeah, they already. can't watch or um, they can't watch or view it anymore. Yeah, it's gone. So a lot of people are are suddenly pissed because they have spent money on content they can no longer watch because at the moment Sony hasn't agreed to um, repay for the licensing. Yeah, or reimburse people who paid for those. Because um, that's the thing with digital stuff these days, it's more like a long-term rental than it is an actual uh, copy of the game. Yeah, that's why physical should still be a thing. The only issue is, though, well, physical even, discs... Even if they... Um, even if they uh, well, the disc is... The physical disc is just there for the licensing, so... Yeah, but you still don't... If, if, if the server goes offline, you've got the disc, okay, go to place it, and I'll still watch it. So I'll still play it. We can't. You won't access the um, online stuff, stuff, but yeah. yeah. But like most, most of the games now, like discs for games, have less than a hundred megabytes on them. Yeah, I mean, um, what was it? I think the Call of Duty did, didn't they? Yeah, it was like one hundred thirty-seven megabytes or something stupid like that, and then you had to download. And the game was like one hundred sixty gig. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what annoys me about it is like when the servers stop being supported for that game and they don't distribute it digitally anymore. That game is essentially gone, and no amount of having a CD is going to help you because you, it won't let you download it anymore. So you paid physical for it, and people are saying, oh yeah, physical media, it's like, but you're still getting fucked. The only way that that would work if it's a game that fits on a game cartridge that uh, it's like Switch-based, basically. Cause... Mm. That's, that's the issue with modern-day gaming, though, because now the read speed is too high for disc, read, for disc spin speeds. You can't really play the games off the um, disc read anymore. Although some games, uh, like the Resident Evil, there was like a Resident Evil collection on Switch, physical, and you had to download one of the games still. Yeah, because there's not enough space in the card. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the issue. There's always going to be an issue now with limitations of space and stuff, but that's because physical media, uh, especially gaming-wise, people are trending away from it. Just because you have to install the disc, then install the updates. Whereas if you just download the game, it's quicker in the long run. Because you don't have to worry well, about Or how it used to be, just buy the disc, put it in play. Yeah. Download the update. I miss, I miss those days. But yeah. Um, but we're not going back to that. They're, they're not, they're not going to do that. They're oh, no, because it's... um, Yeah. 
Imagine saying to some kids in, the, in say, 10, 20 years now, how do you play games as a kid? We just put the disc in the machine and press play. What? Or sat the cartridge on the top of the console and went... Mm. I suppose one thing, though, with everything getting um, quicker internet-wise, uh, for the same amount of money, eventually it'll get to the point where um, it'll not be as big an issue to download 100 gigs. No, oh, that's going to oh, take no, but, minutes, something like that, and then done. I mean, ISP providers could easily, you know, give everyone decent internet and charge them a fair price for it, but they choose not to. Oh, yeah. No, but of course they don't. But I can't I mean, wait until we get... I, think, I, I honestly think, uh, by average, as a normal internet speed, it should be no less than, say, 100 meg mm. down tops, minimum. Well, mine, mine runs at... If I... So I converted mine into uh, megabytes, and mine runs at like eight or nine megabytes. Or no, it's not eight or nine. That's your up, isn't it? Nine is my up. Then my down's like sixty. Yeah, so your down's double mine, but my up is similar to yours. Yeah, I'm seven nine. I think my I think my I think my up I think my up I think my up is seven, and my down is thirty four. Mm. But um, there'll be a day That's in the lot, next a lot better than <laughs> You know this for sure, right? In the next 20 years, we're going to have a terabyte game come around that will need to be downloaded. And uh, if the internet isn't up to snuff by then, people are going to kick the fuck off. And people are kind of kicking the fuck off now, aren't they? Because, oh, yeah, you know, like 100 gigs is like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. So. On my old internet, 70 gig was like two or three fucking days. Yep. Yeah. And that the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's when you started going overnight and then just hope it fucking got some majority chunk done while you were asleep. And there's not yeah. much internet activity going on. Mm. But um oh, I'd go to sleep when it's on four gig, wake in the morning, what's it now? Seven gig, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. So you know what? Let's finish up, shall we? Because mm. we're an hour and fifty minutes. So nearly two hours, yeah, so average. So if you want to send me a message, you can reach me on Twitter, at Dolphin Rapture. I'll entertain most questions, as long as I'm not political, racist, or religious. Don't be a dick about it. If you want to send a message to the lovely star, you can reach her also on Twitter, at Stardust2118. Again, same kind of questions. Don't be a dick about it. And if you want to send a message to Loz, the guy who presses record, without him there would be no podcast. Unless, you know, star gets it wrong, then it's Dolph. <laughs> oh yeah, true. You can reach him also on Still Twitter around, at nineteen Lost G nineteen eighty five. You fucking distracted me. Lost G nineteen eighty five. Where the fuck you? Where the fuck you might find it? Yeah. Chances are it'll be him. You know, not necessarily on Twitter. Could be other places as well. Who knows? Twitch, Twitter, uh, Threads, the YouTube, Hub, uh, Xbox, PC. Yep. Uh, the, the... Yeah, if you things. have a message for the other Spartans, you can reach out to them as well on our Spartans in the Pajamas Twitter handle at SIP Podcast Crew. Big S, small I, big P, all lowercase podcast crew. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you for coming to a shorter podcast this week. Um, well, this is what happens when we don't have more than three of us to ramble, basically. Um. Hopefully the Christmas one will have people hopefully at home and not working so we can get shit done uh, and get a bit more of a a run going with it. 
But yeah, this has been episode 143 of the Spartans in Pajamas podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.